0: Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit gets fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Hallelujah. A winner, one who is triumphant. Uh, God is bigger than anything you're facing, anything you're dealing with, and the Spirit of God in you is bigger. And He already knows what to do. He already knows. He's already made a way of escape, a way through this, a way out of it. And the way you connect with that is through faith in Him and following Him in steps of faith. You learn to follow the Holy Spirit by faith. He will lead you right out of despair into victory. He'll, you, he'll lead you rather out of sickness into healing. He'll lead you out of poverty into plenty. He'll do it. But you've got to follow him, you've got to trust him. And it doesn't, you know, things don't just all always happen completely over one day or over one night or over one week. Steps. You take steps, you take steps, and you keep going. And uh, the path of the just gets brighter. And brighter and brighter till the full light, full noonday sun. Get your Bible, get something to make a note with. Come on into the classroom with us and let's get more light for our path today. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking you for the anointing. The anointing that teaches and reminds and reveals and heals and delivers. Asking you for utterance and ears to hear it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Look, please, in Acts 28 again, and we're continuing in our study uh, called Faith for Healing, and we're down to our fifth individual account in the book of Acts, the healing of Publius' father. And we have read that in Acts 28.1, they escaped the, the shipwreck. They all arrived at this island called Melita, called Malta today, and the barbarous people, verse 2, showed us no little kindness, or you could say they showed us extraordinary kindness. They kindled a fire, received us every one because of the present rain and because of the cold. And like we said on yesterday's class, this hospitality, this respect, and receiving them is a key to the miracles that happen later. When Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand. And you'll find that when the heat gets turned up of God doing things, other snakes come out, <laughs> trying to run from it and cause problem. But uh, even if you get bit, it is not the end. Amen. Hmm? Yes, now, a lot of people, if they, if they get bit like this, Maybe it's not a snake bite, but it's bit by something else that's bad, deadly, unexpected. Like we said, it'll either shake you up or you'll shake it off. And, you know, maybe you got a bad report about your body. You've been diagnosed with with cancer or AIDS or it's terminal, they said, or whatever, incurable heart condition, whatever the case may be. Do not hear that and and in your heart and mind go, that's it. Like it's a death sentence. God is bigger than COVID. He's bigger than heart disease. Huh? He's bigger than diabetes. He's bigger than AIDS. Is He or not? He's bigger than cancer. Uh, We've got testimonies of many, many, many people that were diagnosed with cancer and all those other things and terminal, and they're alive today. I know of one woman I'm thinking about now, actually a a pastor's wife, and uh, uh, 40 years ago, she was told she probably didn't have a month left to live. 40 years ago. (laughs) 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 And of course, you know, uh, medical science wasn't what it is today. Forty years ago, and they they didn't even think they could operate on her. They they went to do an exploratory, and they said it was so bad that they just they just sewed her back up, and, and they didn't try to do anything further, and told her to go home, you know, and and, and with her family, and uh, she didn't die. <laughs> she believed God, <laughs> and they said her internal org, not only did she not die, she completely recovered. And what they said was impossible, uh, she conceived a child. Hallelujah. 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 And now her son, I guess he's, well, he's a grown man, uh, but isn't this amazing? She didn't just go, well, that's it. You know, that's, that's the sentence. That's it. No, no matter what has bit you, and how deadly it may be it's not bigger than god Amen. and you you need to just do what shake it off shake it off right yes. don't let it shake you up <laughs> you shake it off and just like uh, like we said like dusting that dust off the, the bottom of your feet is the same phrase the same idea which means You can't treat it like it's this giant deal. Do you remember when David was going to fight Goliath? Yes. Was he outmatched? Yes. He's a young boy. He's He's a teenager maybe. I mean, and he's not a big giant of a guy. He's a good looking kid, but he's no big soldier. And Goliath, the Bible said, is a massive man who has trained from his youth, he is a man-killing machine. And he is so big and so powerful. And I want you to notice, though, that the Bible said that David said, because he came at, Goliath came out cursing God and talking bad about their mamas and everything else and, <laughs> and just, you know, generally disrespecting them. And David says, as a boy just visiting the camp, he said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? I want you to notice, he never called him big, never called him a giant, never called him a killing machine. In the, in the King James language, uncircumcised Philistine, what that means is no covenant. And he's saying, who is This no covenant, nobody. Mm. This come here, mouthing blasphemies against God. Who's going to take him out? Nothing about him being a giant. You got to watch what you call your problem. Hmm? You never call it big and bad and terrible and strong. And you never call it impossible. Never. Never. You go, what is this? What is this? Is that, is that the same thing as this? Yes. Huh? Or this? There are lessons to be learned here, class. Yes, How do you treat your deadly problems? I mean, th- this viper hanging off your hand? With most anybody, this would be a problem. <laughs> right? <laughs> no ER, no antidote. Nobody to help you, huh it, the The natives of the island they all thought this is it. they just saw they just we watch him in the next couple of minutes because that's all he's got that he will swell up and fall down dead. They've seen it before. This snake bites you, you're dead. That's it. What did he do? He didn't jump around. oh no, oh no, oh. No. That's the black mamba. Oh no, that's the take two steps and fall dead. Oh no, oh no, that's you getting shook up. And see, when you when you're shaken, and you yield to the spirit of fear, you're going to praise the problem. You're going to magnify the problem. You're going to obsess. Over how awful, how bad, how terrible, how impossible. And you're dying. You're not going to make it. In order to have victory, what do you do? You look at Goliath and you go, who is this? Loud mouth, no covenant, nobody. And his words were so, there was something about him. They took him to the king. Why would you do that? Why would you take this boy to the king? There's something about his words. I mean, he makes you believe it. Just listen to him. And so the king says, I hear you got something to say about Goliath. He said, yes. I'm going to paraphrase. Somebody needs to take care of him. What do you mean? I will go. You, you will go. It was laughable. You will go. And then you know, when he, when he did, he, he went out to meet him. What did he say? I'm going to take your head off of you today. You and all your buddies too. You come to me with all your bulk and muscle. You come to me with your sword and spear. I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts whom you have defied. Come on, can you see? Is he magnifying Goliath at all? Never called him a giant. Never called him a dreadful killing machine. Never, never, never. Never called it an impossible fight. He's magnifying God. Amen. And he is belittling the enemy of God. Can you see this? Yes, and you that's how you want to talk. Somebody says, well, you've got, you know, incurable cancer. Well, never say that phrase again. You know it. You heard it. What do you say? What is this disease in front of God, the creator? Right? What is this thing in front of the power of God? Don't talk about how bad it is. Don't talk about how incurable it is. Yeah, but I got, we got to have $50,000. $50,000. Oh, 50000 We heard you the first time. Come, come on. <laughs> Can you imagine God going, How much? (laughs) 50,000? What would 50,000 look like to Him? He creates planets, He creates stars, He created all the gold. It's nothing in front of Him. And when you get in faith, it gets smaller and smaller to you. The bigger your faith gets, in your God and the bigger God looks to you, the smaller the issue looks. The smaller the problem. And when your faith is real strong, what do you do? You do this. Get off of me, cancer. Hmm? Get off of me. Is is this venom as dangerous as cancer? Uh, More. You ain't got no time for treatment. Is that right? I mean, this is, you ain't got time to get to the hospital. Uh, shake it off brush it off talk down to it belittle it glorify God hallelujah isn't that what we, did? we read uh, in previous class about that's what Abraham did he didn't consider his own body you know about a hundred years old he didn't consider Sarah's body 90 years old, couldn't conceive when she was young. He wouldn't consider that. He's not saying it's not there. He's just, you're not going to get him to dwell on it. You're not going to get him to magnify it. Come on, can you yes. see that? Yes. But he was strong in faith, giving glory. Oh, come on, can you hear that? Yes. He was fully persuaded that what God had promised he was able to perform, and he was giving glory to God. Everybody say glory to God. Glory to God. God. Glorify your healer. Mm. Not your evil diagnosis. Mm. Glorify your provider. Not the big bill. Not the interest. Not the due date. Mm. Right? Glorify God. That's what feeds faith. That's what nourishes your faith. And that's what gives God every right to get involved in your business and manifest in your life. Can you say amen? Amen. He shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. This always has intrigued me. Uh, We read in in Mark 16 where one of the signs that follow believers is that King James says they'll take up serpents and if they drink any deadly thing it shall not hurt them. Well this didn't hurt him. And some people have even used that verse to say, well, we should handle snakes to show our faith. We talked about previous classes that that same phrase translated take up is also translated uh, remove or uh, cast away. So it could just as accurately be translated, they will cast away snakes. Well, that's what happened here. We got no references, no examples of apostles handling snakes. Mm to show their faith. We do have an example. And how many know you should divide and interpret scripture in the light of other Scripture. And so we do have one where he was bitten, and this shows uh, if, everybody say if. It said, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. So this is not going out and just taking some poison to try to prove something. If you inadvertently not knowing that you did or somebody slipped you something trying to kill you, it won't hurt you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'm a believer. believer. Even if I eat eat or drink or or any deadly thing gets injected into me, me. it shall not hurt hurt me. It won't hurt me. It won't hurt me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's a big thing to say, but I didn't say it. It's one of, it's a couple of the signs that follow believers in Christ. Are you a believer in Christ? Yeah, then these are some of the signs that should follow your life. How can that be? Well, we have on one occasion one of the prophets in the Old Testament, uh, they had students around them and they made a pot of stew. And somebody, without realizing what they were doing, got some poisonous plants, uh, mushrooms, whatever, and put it in the pot. And didn't realize it until they had cooked it, and everybody's got a bowl and eaten on it, and somebody realized it and said, Oh, there is death in the pot. <laughs> well, they've eaten something deadly. And the Spirit of God showed the prophet what to do. He took some, some flour, some meal, and he, he put it into the pot, and God did something in the pot, and there was no harm in it. He, he neutralized the toxic component. How did Paul not die like everybody else had died that got bitten by this snake? God did something to those toxins that were in his bloodstream, and they became inert. They became harmless and so his body just process his body just processed them they didn't harm him at all well can god do that yes god made snakes <laughs> huh god made every plant god made everything it's done he made your blood he made your uh, your liver your kidneys and and all of that uh, sure what it's a, it's a small thing for him. But if you, if you freak out over, it's deadly, it's deadly, it's deadly. Yeah, but we got God, God, God. <laughs> yeah, but it's deadly, it's deadly. You got more faith in the deadly or in the God? Can you see this? Because you can tell which one you got more faith in by which one you talk about the most. Which one you emphasize the most. Which one you magnify the most. People who, oh, they're just talking the problem all the time. They're just looping over and over about the problem. They have more faith in the problem to hurt them than they do in God to keep them. And that's where the problem lies. We've got to have more faith in God Amen. than in the problem. More faith in the provider than in the needs and bills. Amen. More faith in the healer than in the symptoms and pain or diagnosis. More faith in my protector than in the dangers that are around us in this earth. Somebody say, I have more faith, I have more faith in God to keep, me, God to keep me, than to me than in things to hurt me. So he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm. Say it out loud, class. He felt no harm. He felt no harm. One translation said, there was no evil effect none now we need to keep this in mind this is not just only something that happened to him why was this recorded for us the lord wants us to know that if there are some kind of evil toxins or poisons or something in our body regardless of how they got there they can be neutralized they can be rendered harmless by the power of God. And all we got to do is not yield to the spirit of fear. Brush it off. Shake it off. Declare your God is keeping you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if you're aware of something, uh, you may want to speak it over your body and say, that won't hurt me. That won't hurt me. That can't hurt me. If you find out something has, is attacking your body, you speak to it, command it to stop and say, that won't hurt me. No harm. He he felt no harm. Howbeit, when they looked, when he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly, but after they looked a great while, they saw no harm. Everybody say no harm, no harm. Did the Bible I want you to know this? How much ill effect did Paul have? Did he feel weak for a few days? You know, to be bit bit by a snake like this, you know, he had some uh, some side effects, right? No, none. None. Can God do this? None. None. He shook it off, felt no harm, and no harm came to him. They changed their minds and said he was a god. In the same quarters were possessions of the chief man of the island whose name was Publius. Though From those who studied these things, since the Roman Empire was in control of all this at this time, uh, they assume that he is a designated uh, governor uh, under Roman leadership. He received us and lodged us three days courteously. There's that same thought of when they received them uh, coming out of the water from the shipwreck. Uh, This word is also translated uh, hospitably, hospitably received us, and also other translations bring out uh, received us and entertained us. The New International, I like the way it says it. It says, there was an estate nearby that belonged to Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us into his home and showed us generous hospitality for three days. I don't know that you, could, you should assume that he brought all 276 <laughs> into his home, I don't. I don't think that happened. Uh, but Paul and his company, you know, Luke was with him, and then there was this uh, uh, Roman uh, officer that was over him, and uh, who knows? Pro- probably you know three, four, five, six. I don't know, but I doubt the whole 276. <laughs> and they only stayed with him three days. And then they obviously found their own place to stay because they were there for a total of three months. But um, isn't it true how faithful God is that even if you didn't plan to be there, even if you get there by means of a storm and a shipwreck, God's going to take care of you. He's got people in place. Come on, can you see this? He's got things in place for you and next thing you know uh they got they came right out of the water right off the beach and there's a big fire they built for them and they're drying them out and giving them something to eat and uh, after the snake bite thing and and you know God used that uh, you, you can't say that God made the snake bite him any more than you could say God uh, made him have the shipwreck because if they'd listened to God, they'd never even been in the storm. But God definitely used this situation of the deliverance because now everybody's looking at Paul differently. I mean, he said they thought he's a God. So their their estimation of him went from here to here. (laughs) Is that right? And they're like, hmm, he... uh, Who is this guy? They never saw anybody get bit by this snake and it not even bother them. They didn't even get sick. No nausea. Nothing. No swelling. Nothing. He must be a god. So anyway, Publius invites Paul into his house. He's the governor of the island. He's the chief man, head guy. Invites him into his home. He didn't have to do that. And we find out that Publius' father is sick. And I don't think he realized that that act brought the gospel and faith and healing into his house. Come on, can you see this? He just, he, this uh, miracle of Paul not dying from the snake bite, went around the island, you know, like that. And he invites them to come with him until they find a place to stay for three days. And he treated them, apparently, like royalty. Well, if they were debating whether he's God or not, (laughs) you should, you know, give them the good stuff. They pulled out the good dishes. (laughs) Can, Can you see this? They went all out. They went all out. And again, you'll find The Lord is taking this personally. He sent Paul. Paul is on a mission to go to Rome to preach the gospel from the head of the church. Is that right? And so Publius did not realize what he's doing. He has received an ambassador of the kingdom. And Jesus is taking it personally. And you can be sure. You minister to him. You minister to his. He is looking to see what do you need. What can I do for you. Right? Yes. The Bible said, you know, uh, with, with Cornelius, that his prayers and his alms came up before God like a memorial. And the next thing you know, the Lord sent Peter with the gospel to this soldier's house. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Does it pay to honor God, yes. to respect him and treat his with special attention and courtesy and hospitality? We see the results. Well, our time's up again. Seems like it clicks by pretty quick. And we're going to see how exactly this open door of hospitality allowed miracle power in Publius House. Said out loud with me, I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome the world by faith. I am strong in faith, giving glory to God.